Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Real stories, real people, real hope. My name is Sean Davis, and you're along with me as I um, co-host this show with my beautiful wife. Her name is... Jess. Jen. Yes, it is. And what a name it is. I love it. My wife. I love it. Jen. 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 Don't call her Jenny. Don't call me Jenny. It's either Jen or Jennifer. No, don't call me Jennifer. Jennifer when she's in trouble. <laughs> anyway, you caught uh, us along the ride for part two of our interview with Amanda Eller. So if you mm-hmm. didn't catch part one, you'll want to go back and listen to part one. Oh, yeah. What a so story good. it has been. Riveting, powerful, spiritual. It has been all the things. And mm-hmm. we're going to continue it today. We're going to be talking to her about how this experience being lost in the jungle in Hawaii for 17 days, how that experience changed her, what she's learned from it, how she's grown from it. We want to find what was the beauty that came out of the ashes of the experience. And I think uh, some of the points she makes, you're going to be amazed. So we're just going to jump right into it. Here is part two of our interview with Dr. Amanda Eller. You know, how we came into even knowing that you were lost or in a situation where, um, you know, nobody could find you and and there was some concern about your well-being, it probably didn't even cross your mind that there was a lot of speculation at the time that you had been hurt by somebody, that you'd been taken by somebody. And so I think that there was a general feeling at that time that something nefarious had happened to you. But, you know, the way that Jen and I actually had come into contact with knowing about the situation is uh, Sam is our near and dear friend. And I got to say, this is what I say about her. When when God gave gifts, you know, let's say the gifts are branches of a tree. I think Sam fell down every branch of the tree and had so many different gifts, <laughs> prophecy, you, you know, just her, her faith in general, you know, her, her, she's just one of these rocks that we depend on from a, from a faith perspective and somebody that speaks into our life. One of the few people that can speak into our life and say anything to us and uh, we're going to listen. So she's a near and dear friend. So she just calls us up out of the blue and says to us at the time, I need your prayers. We need to pray. There's a girl that's missing and I've been contacted by somebody and here's the situation. And I think she sent us a brief article on it or some information and she asked us to pray. And then she called us later that night to uh, pray with her. And so here we are. And at this particular time, I, I don't know that you'd ever done that for us, Mm-mm, right? No. You'd never asked us to, to do that. Yeah. And so it was uh, an interesting thing that she had reached out to us to have that conversation with us and to ask us uh, to do that. So we began at that moment praying for you, praying for your safe return, praying for your recovery, praying for your health. And uh, I'm just curious if at at any point in the process, did you feel, because I'm, I'm sure that there was a lot of people that were praying for you. So did you feel those prayers come in your direction? You know, did you sense that, you know, there was a whole community that was coming together to try to advocate and, and um, you know, pray for you, for your safety and for your recovery? Yes, I, I did. But keep in mind, I, I thought this was so small, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm there thinking, nobody has to know about this. <laughs> I'm just going to come. I'm just going to get rescued. I'm going to get back to my family, my friends and my loved one and just, 
kind of pretend like this didn't happen, but I'm going to share my story with those that feel compelled to listen and maybe we'll find inspiration through it, right? Yeah, having, I, having I no, no idea, idea that the world knew your story at that time. Like, oh, it, it was yeah. like, you know, here Zero. we are in California and, you know, we're, we're being asked to pray for somebody we've never met before and even didn't know about yet. We were doing it. And yeah. I, I think there was a lot of people at the time right. doing that. Right. You know, and thank you for your prayers. And it, it's fascinating. I've, I don't know, from the reports of what people have told me, I think there were millions praying. Yes. Um, is is just adding all the numbers together is what feels about right. And I don't, I wasn't aware that there were millions of people praying for me. But what I can tell you is that I felt solid when I was out there. Like yeah. when I went to sleep at night and I asked for protection, I felt like there were walls around me. Right. Oh. So it's, um, and I, I would have dreams of people feeding me food and like, you know, hot tea and like giving me like a warm blanket. And well, even in the dream, I would say, I know this isn't real. Like, I know that I don't really have a warm blanket, but like, thank you for this. So there was that interchange of, of energy happening that I was aware of on some level. It's just my mind would never have, you know, realized how big it was. Well, Jen's met, never been lost, but I'm sure she had dreams of people feeding her too. She's she's a total, that's all I dream about. She's a total foodie. You know, she wakes up thinking about food. She goes to bed thinking about food, and that's, that's all I ever dream about. Uh, they say that's one of the greatest joys in life is, is feeding another person, right? Yes. 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 Who's gonna feed me? <laughs> <laughs> who's, gonna, who's gonna feed me? Every time I think of you, every time I think of Jen, I think joy. Every time. Every time. She's just joy. She makes me smile and laugh. Uh, Amanda, thank you again for sharing your story. One thing that resonates with me right away, the magnitude of the people who were praying for you. You shared day four where you, uh, what lesson do I have to learn before I leave this body? And unconditional love was spoken to you in that moment, right? Through your spirit. And I immediately when you when I think of that moment of the people and the magnitude of people praying for you and what happened to you in that moment where everything else, the outside of life, you're in a forest, just you, and all the outside um, distractions that we would go through in life every day, phone, TV, I don't watch much TV, but you know what I'm saying, computer, all those different things, traffic, whatever it may be, that you didn't have any of those outside uh, distractions. It was just you and the divine, and the forest, right? Mm-hmm. And learning that unconditional mm-hmm. love. So you imagine, by the way, we love pink, we love sparkles, <laughs> Jen, <laughs> and we, Jen, love light, we love glitter, we love it all. Jen's oh, Instagram here. name is Pink Cupcake Girl, yes. so pink's a strong, strong yes. color in our world. Yes, we love it. And cupcakes. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I, so I was like, oh, love, I love it, I love it. Uh, so, um, so when I think about that, and what happened in that moment, that I, I just feel like I just as you as I think about that, um, even now, it's like that love that you felt just going through your body. Right. And that emanating out to a, a greater force and calling people to come into that space, if that makes sense, or like preparing that space that God already knew about. Right. So all these people come together. And we all. I don't think there's anybody or heard about your story wasn't affected by that so powerfully. And through, through that experience every day from day five to we get to day 17 and today would be the day not not giving up. 
very profound and that energy resonating again not just from your local community but like globally it's just powerful that he was preparing that and that you would emanate that from you you walk in a room you feel love right you don't have to we don't have to tell somebody um uh, if someone's angry we know it we can walk in we can feel that and you were resonating that through your body and that 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 a divine Mm -hmm. power spoke that to you and i believe that that laid a lot of the groundwork from from i think of your boyfriend uh, and illuminated with light and just um, powerful and love. By the way, I, as you were speaking about your beloved, is there a two or a two, three connection to him? Hang I mean, on. the answer is yes, but I don't understand the question. Uh, well, <laughs> as you were speaking of him uh, wanting to be in his arms, I was just this beautiful soul illuminated in love and light, uh, which would be your beloved. And immediately there was this big joy in my spirit, Father God, thank you, and a connection to two and a three and a big smile in my spirit. Uh, about his mm. love and your love and your bond together. And when you speak of him today, when you were speaking of him, I'm reminded of uh, Shen. I called Jen <laughs> John Shen because they are one and they have this amazing love. And I love, you can't be around them and not feel their love of one another. And I love their love. It's just beautiful. And uh, that's what I was reminded of, Amanda, when you spoke of your beloved and this amazing love, that mm-hmm. love bond, right? That higher energy, the greatest energy, the greatest, uh, it's amazing. So, Anyway, when you were talking mm-hmm. about him, a two-three connection. I don't know what that means to him, but it's not for me. It's for you, mm-hmm. I believe, or for him. Okay. And there's this big, mm-hmm. big smile. Does two, does two-three mean anything? A date? Uh, oh, what does that mean? Well, those are my numbers. Shut those are the numbers door. that come in most often. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure. You know, I'm not even. I'm not with men anymore, and um, that's. So it's fascinating. I think I've seen him on island, but we haven't spoken. He, he, you know, he's still healing and he's not ready to speak and that's okay. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's, I think the answer to the two, three is going to unfold. Um, well, it could I'm, be connected to you. It, it could be connected to you. If two, three yeah. is your number, that would be what that is. And even though you're not with him, the, mm-hmm. the reality is that, that your life has been intertwined with him very powerfully. So for that mm-hmm. moment, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. what you needed in that moment, which is yes. so powerful. And uh, anyway, that is, uh, again, living in the moment. I was just living in the moment of that experience and a two, three connection to him. Um, but then obviously you're connected to him because hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty partial to two, yeah. three, two since yeah, my birthday's on January 23rd, zero, one, two, three. I like that number. <laughs> Sam's all about there numbers. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. And, and then also, also as you were speaking, so I... I heard about your case through a woman who lived in Northern California and she moved to Hawaii with her husband and she had actually uh, reached out to me. She was a friend of a husband, um, Sherry Pepini. She went missing in Northern California and she had two young children and she was actually running or hiking. She went out for a jog Mm -hmm. and she was missing and they said, um, Anyway, they, I apologize. They, she had contacted me. She was a friend's with Sherry's husband. They went to school together and he had been contacted. This is before her case went national. I believe that they had been contacted by several, uh, people, uh, psychics or mediums, um, saying that she had passed or that she had died. And it was very, uh, devastating to him. Obviously you can imagine they have two young children and, and he was beside himself. And so she had reached out to me regarding, uh, this missing woman, Sherry Papini. And 
I, I was, uh, I'm, I'm not a psychic or a medium. I'm just an everyday person. And by the grace of God, you know, here I am and seeing really profound things. And so I, I prayed about it. We, we spoke by phone and, and there were some very significant things in that case. And she ended up being found alive. And, um, that came up. There was a, there would also be a, <laughs> a two or three connection on that. Really? And I think it was 22, uh. 23 days. Uh, she was missing and she was found on Thanksgiving. So it was by Thanksgiving wow. that she'd be found alive. Well. I think we would put the thing on that. But so here she um, oh. contacts me about your case. She's also a runner. She'd been to this force numerous times and she's a young mother. And she said it may sound kind of crazy, but I remember what happened with Sherry Papini. And I'm hoping, she says that my heart goes out to this mo- to, to Amanda, you know, and, um, and her boyfriend, and it took her back to a place of Keith, her friend, Sherry's mm-hmm. husband. And she thought of your boyfriend, she oh. thought of you. And again, she's a runner and she's a young mother uh, herself. And um, she, to this day, I spoke with her just recently, has been some time, um, actually since your case, since we had spoke, but she said, I've not been able to run in that forest since the situation with Amanda. Oh. It affected her so profoundly. Oh. So when she contacted me, I think it was like eight days into you missing. Mm-hmm. And what came up, I, I kept seeing a vision of you running in that panic and running. And there was an open, it reminded me of like mm-hmm. an open field. I'm recalling that as you're speaking. Was there an open field like that when you were like panicking? I want to say it was by a tree. We talked about a tree too, I believe, mm-hmm. with um, Jen and Sean on a phone call. Sam had called us and, and I, you know, I had forgotten that we, I mean, this was like was a week and a half, months. two week long engagement that we had we were were so riveted about what was going on and whether or not you'd been found but i do remember us talking about her being in a tree around a tree under a tree something along those and you said something about a clearing and 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 an opening an issue with your your something happening with the knee and the feet and the uh, scrapes and and uh, anyway there was a Mm -hmm. lot to that i'd have to go back and see if i had i typically will document things um by voice memo because uh, oftentimes I don't recall them. People say, well, you said that. I don't remember saying that. But, <laughs> but one thing that did come up just about, that just came up about your case was you kept saying seven, seven, one, seven, one, one, seven. I'm like, what? Like Tourette, Sammy, you couldn't let that go. And I'm like, I, I did, right? So that was, there was several details that they had shared with me that as mm-hmm. you speak, I, you, it's just amazing. You can see something and when you hear it come to pass mm-hmm. and you're from the person who lived it, that is, that is yeah. very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was an open field. Um, yeah, I see what you saw, I believe. And it's, um, so that was day four. There was, I had made it to like an open, I call it an open clearing. There was still, I was still like hiking through like, you know, four foot ferns. So mm-hmm. it was very much like bear crawling, army marching, you know, all the Jen's <laughs> favorite exercises. Yeah. And, um, and through, but through like thorns. So it wasn't, as, it wasn't very fun. Um, but I was there and that was, that was probably like the second, um, lowest moment because I was in the beating down sun. I was super dehydrated. I really didn't have any food. Um, and I was like trying to find my way. Um, and I would, I had to stop many times that day because I was getting heat stroke. And so I remember sitting by a tree, um, like, you know, burying, burrowing myself underneath of the, the thorns just for shade. And just breathing and saying, like, I feel like I'm going to die. Like, I think I think this is it. You know, if I pass out out here because of heat stroke and nobody knows where I am, this is it. So um, that and my leg wounds were really bad at the time. And so it was very much just the mind over matter um, push to keep going because the thorns were still digging in to these open wounds. So 
that's that's what I'm getting. You might have um, tuned into at that point, and yeah. then it was the end of that day that I broke my leg. Yeah, so that had come up, and then the other thing was something about I I. I don't really talk a lot about cases with people, typically, except for the people that, that I needed to speak to about it. But for whatever reason, with uh, Jen and Sean, I was like, we got to pray for her. I don't I don't remember all the details because mm-hmm. so many things had come up. But another thing I remember was something about her shoes, one, and then also the ankles mm. and the legs, something mm-hmm. with the leg. And we got to pray about that leg. And and um, so it was very interesting to, to, and as you speak these things, it was like reliving some of that and, again, feeling that panic. And, and um, it was your car and the details of your car and they're like how you know how do you know these details i'm like well god right and they're like Mm -hmm. what you know (laughs) like spiritual gifts and i and and i know that we Uh here in california we're just you know three of many across the globe and i I kept thinking about your family sorry to get emotional but i kept thinking about your family and praying for them because there's something about your family that they couldn't give up and they mm-hmm. had that fighting spirit. And it was like, God, oh, don't let them lose mm-hmm. that fighting spirit to keep fighting for her. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because you, you're also, a, you got that fighting spirit. And I think of Miss Jen, uh, <laughs> who, uh, this is Viking stop. warrior. Yes. Yes. Jen, uh, Jen's uh, a Viking warrior princess with an ax and a sword. That's how she rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <it's> so powerful. <laughs> yes. But without food, I'm nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a question for you that's been kicking around in my head, and 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 you know, oftentimes when when I do a podcast like this, and I t- I talk with people about their stories, I, I say that sometimes like a a major disadvantage, you know, something that happens uh, to you, that it doesn't happen to you, it happens for you, you know, the adversity, okay. the challenge, etc. So I'm just curious, you know, why do you think that you had to go through this? And what has been the blessing that has come out of this for you? Well, I would say that I was in that frame of mind when I went into the forest and I maintained it throughout because I wouldn't let the victim mentality of why is this happening to me take over, even though it would still come in sometimes and I would throw a little tantrum. Like, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's just part of yeah. human nature that at some point we hit, we hit a low point, we get all that emotion out and then we're like, okay, moving on. <laughs> so it, it was, I was very much in the headspace or let's, you know, whatever that space is around um this is happening for me like show me the lessons along the way so i don't have to suffer through it like i kept saying i don't want to learn through pain i want to learn through love and joy like please yeah. like help me learn through love That's and joy so right i don't need yeah. to experience more pain physically or otherwise so i was really in a receptive space out there because my life was about listening right it was about listening for guidance for information anything that could help me to survive and to be in the right place at the right time so uh, being receptive in that way, it was like the lessons would come in and nature started to teach me almost immediately, um, which is there wasn't a big delay like normal when, you know, the human ego or life gets in the way. So I would say even while I was out there, I was learning, especially towards the end, day 16 and day 17. It was like, yeah, just, just in that space of spirit teaching me through the living things that were happening around me. And then as far as hindsight goes, you know, take me out of the, the wilderness, put me back into the human world. That was probably the toughest part of the entire experience because, I was, you know, thrown, I was taken from the wilderness where I was getting quite comfortable there, believe it or not, even though my body <laughs> was settled not in. Doing, 
Yeah, I settled in by day 17. It was like the dragonflies and I were on the same rhythm. And, <laughs> and, and then they, they take me out of the forest and they put me back into the human world where like there's this chaos and panic and bright lights and news cameras and microphones. And mm. <laughs> so I was like a fish out of water. But I was also in that expanded place of like, I'm going to speak my truth and nothing can stand in my way. Yeah. Right. Because they just felt so aligned. And then it was probably the negative backlash that came after the press conference where I shared information. People didn't understand either what I shared or my languaging mm-hmm. and they attacked me. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, mobs being attracted to a bright light. It's that's the way that I saw it. I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's, it's just natural that it's the duality of life. You know, if there's, if there's going to be a lot of light, there's also going to be a shadow side to that light. So I know that in hindsight, but when I was going through it, I was, I very much fell into the victim mentality of why me. And I went to a really low spot in my life of like, I can't believe this happened to me, you know, mm-hmm. which is fascinating that I just went through so much. But in the human world, I had to integrate that information and that experience and then bring it back to life. And so I've spent the last, since May of 2019, May 24th, 2019, I've spent that amount of time until today integrating and healing and being back on Maui, Maui has healed me significantly where I could say I'm so, I'm very grateful that happened to me because of my own understanding of life and about myself. And then the fact that I now have this story, which is so far beyond me as a human, right? It's a bigger landscape of life that wants to be shared and wants to inspire people, you know, for whoever wants to dive in there. Um, so I feel very blessed to be in my situation now that I've gotten through the healing. (laughs) You know, when, when, uh, you're speaking and, and, um, again, thank you for sharing that, that low part because you have just overcome 17 days in the jungle, right? You knew what your truth was. You knew, and even, even going, um, through all the hardships, um, of people coming at you, you still knew who your truth is and that you, um, rise through that, you know, that that's part of your healing. But I, the other part of that, that, uh, I feel just from, from your story is the people that were affected, right. By your story, by your truth, those naysayers, the people who came against you, right. It really was for you because it's, it's caused you to rise above, you know, float above and rise above, not without heartache, not without pain. Right. But it's like uh, mm-hmm. somebody who gives birth. It doesn't feel good, but we'll take the joy after. Right. Yeah. And that you, you mm-hmm. embrace that, um, as much as you, I say, embrace it, kick and scream. I don't want to do it, but okay, if I have to, I will. And it's nowhere in comparison mm-hmm. to the story that you share. But, um, there was something else that resonated with me as you were speaking. There was, um, that I recall during your, uh, ordeal, your experience of, um, there was some female, I don't know who the female is, but there was some female and I believe she was a friend or somebody. And I had this, and it's not me, but a great sense of righteous anger real real up in me. And I didn't know why, but, um, go on to that place of praying Mm. because I felt like she was somebody who, um, there was some kind of discord between you and her and, and really, I didn't know, I didn't know you, I didn't know her, but my heart hurt for her, but what she was speaking, and I think it might have been a friend, um, I'm not sure, but through your ordeal and the thought of, of something happening to you, it really, I, 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 what I saw was like layers coming out, like real, like 
think about what you say before you say it. And how do you want to leave somebody? You know what I mean? Like what, what words matter, words matter. And every single day, every person you come in contact with, that's the legacy you leave them with. So, so your grander scheme of thing, what's your, what's your legacy? Your legacy is every single person you come in contact with, whether it's that righteous anger, cause they need a swift kick in the derriere or whether it's a kind <laughs> word, right? Um, that righteous anger means that you'll stand up and do the right thing for that situation. Like Jesus got mad. He had righteous anger and he threw up tables, right? But he also knew how to mm-hmm. balance that. And so I, in that righteous anger, in that moment, I was, it wasn't about me. It was just what I felt. And, and I feel like there was a great transformation for this person and other people in your life that, mm-hmm. um, that maybe have not understand your journey or, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and also the mm-hmm. rescuers, right? I work, um, uh, I, I work with law enforcement, first responders, private investigations. And every time I hear, uh, Every single time they call me on a case, uh, especially if it's something overhead, they're like, yeah, we're going to get the bad guy. And immediately I, I'm like, we got to pray. What What are you talking about? We got to pray because that that moment of your win means a mother's going to get a call about their baby, about oh. not coming home. That may be something even greater. So we need to pray that you hope and I pray that this would be the moment of intervention and an answer prayer for a family member, whether it's... Um, you never know what that call will be, whether they're getting a knock on the door that they're not coming home or getting a knock on the door that they're not coming home because of another reason that may cause them to do some time. And you hope it's that moment of intervention and healing for a family. So what is a win for one person, right, isn't always a win, right, for another. And ultimately what you did in overcoming the naysayers, right, mm-hmm. by living your mm-hmm. truth, by being in your light, and that is the best, that is the best, uh, um, place you can be in without yeah. even speaking right look at where you are and you're overcoming amazing, amazing. i guess i'm just I, I guess i'm kind of just ag- aghast and shocked that you would have any criticism me, me i i was yeah. not aware that that was something that happened and i just am dumbfounded that you know in a situation like this where you're lost for 17 days and broken leg and had to be rescued that somebody has anything negative to say about Mm -hmm. that it's just it just floors me that that's the case yeah well you know it's fascinating being in the situation i am in now with my current state of reality and feeling like i've gone through a lot since that experience I could say this is the real world, right? When I came out of the forest, I was not in the real world. I was still definitely still in the forest. And some part of me felt extremely enlightened. You know, I think of enlightenment as on a scale, like a gradient, not like zero to 100. So I was definitely in a phase of enlightenment through just being me and God and nature for 17 days and pretty much, you know, water fasting um, or significant caloric restriction that entire time. And then I come back to the real world where it's like, oh, okay, here's, remember, duality does exist. And it's like, okay, I'm met by the darkness. What are you going to do now? Like, how can you take what you've learned and integrate it into the normal world where people exist? And then these are the people that need your help the most. So I wasn't in a strong enough place when I first came out to say, I mean, on a, on a mental level, I understood this is their cry for help. These are the people who are really suffering. They're showing it through their actions and their words and their behaviors of trying to slander me for absolutely no good reason. But really, it's their only way that they know how to cry out for help and say, I am in a state, you know? So there was, even my mom at the time was saying, we need to create a Facebook page for the people that are attacking Amanda so we could pray for them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we, we were aware, but then there's still like a human emotional component of like, man, this is rough. You know, like nobody wants to be disliked or hated. 
Um, and so there was definitely that side of me that it took me a while to come around to the idea that no matter who I was and no matter what happened and no matter what I said, there would still be people attacking me because that's just the way of the world because people are in a state of suffering and a lot of them are living in a state of delusion, right? So it's taken me a while to get to this place of, okay, I can only operate from my own reality. They're showing me their reality from their actions and I just have to stay here in compassion because otherwise I get dragged down to that lower vibration. So um, I could confidently say that I feel very, a lot more sturdy in that place now, but um, I, it wasn't me, you know, like I'm not, I can't take that personally. All that stuff that happened, it was just them kind of shouting out at something. So, yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think there's another aspect to it too. I think that, you know, if you believe in God, you've got to also believe in the enemy of God. And I think that he would like nothing more than hmm. to discredit and, uh, you minimize and, somehow change the message. You know, the thing that, that has struck me about this whole mm-hmm. interview, and I got to tell you that, that you have inspired me mm-hmm. and what, what mm-hmm. comes across, what resonates was your active day to day trust and faith in God, that, that gut check, the back and forth. I, I just feel like, I feel like the way you described your situation, you were never alone at all, at any point in the process. Mm -hmm. I feel like your relationship with your creator, the way that you spoke about um, God and the universe and angels and and the spirit realm and your gut instinct and your daily voicemail, et cetera, I feel like you were not at all alone. That, to me, is extremely inspiring. I think that that's a message that will resonate very, very well to people that are experiencing hardship right now. I mean, the whole origin of the Hope Radio podcast was to uplift people by sharing stories of people overcoming significant adversity in their life. And if Amanda did it, maybe I can do it. And if Sean did it, maybe I can do it. And if Sam did it, maybe I can do it, you know? Like there's people out right now that are struggling financially. There's there's businesses that are going under. There's people that are struggling with their physical health, et cetera, and they think that they're not going to survive or that there's no way out. And here's this, you know, woman that was lost for 17 days in a jungle, but the whole time you were lost, you were in communion and fellowship with God. And that is to me, glorious. That's inspiring to me. That is that is faith filling to me as a listener right now. I um, I, I didn't expect that, and I got to tell you, that's like the the resonating message that that comes through. You can have that kind of relationship with God if you seek it, if you trust Him, if if through the fire of the events that you're experiencing, whether it be lost in a jungle for 17 days or whether it be lost in the midst of the pandemic and all the chaos that it's created, you can survive it if you trust, rely on your faith, and seek his counsel. One thing that Uh I take away from this as well that was really profound to me with what you're saying, absolutely, Sean, I agree with you 100%. The other thing that that really resonates with me is your communication to yourself. What am I learning from this? Yeah. You know, uh, how self-awareness, those questions that you asked yourself, because typically when we get stressed, it's like, what did I do? And how can I, you know, we don't look at how can, what am I supposed to learn from this? And how can I do better? It's, oh, it happened again. Or, you know, people tend to go naturally to the negative, you know, about beating themselves up. And when you're in a crisis situation, that's when we're hardest on ourselves. Right. And to hear Mm -hmm. your communication and your dialogue with yourself and, um, internally, 
communicating, checking yourself. What am I learning today? Singing to yourself things yeah. that bring you joy. And in turn, that, that p- powerful prayer that you prayed, right? About the power of our words. Our words have power. We, our words come to oh. life, right? And that day where mm-hmm. you were praying to eliminate fear, right? And mm-hmm. you had a peace. Elim- just praying, eliminating that fear and asking for pr- protection. And you had a peace that got you through it. You weren't yeah. afraid, right? right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. fear is mm-hmm. a liar. Yeah, your, your whole point about yeah. fear was really, really a good one. Like, like, I think people can get fixated on fear and yes. rest in fear yes. and wallow in fear. And none of that does any good. Like she you can't do it. Yeah, she didn't she even do it. I'm like, how could I mean, yeah. she probably had a moment? But I was like, I need to start having. I'm, I'm gonna take notes on all these. <laughs> yes. You have my notes too. Like, what am I learning from this today, Lord? Right? If this well, last day in my body, I love it so good. This see, so good. to me, it's it's so a confirmation good. of of what we already know that that fear cannot yes. exist where faith is Amen. present, right? Like it. faith over fear. Well, you yeah. cannot have fear when you've got that faith. We need Amanda's picture on that right now because that's what I'm seeing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, next time I'm like boohooing over something, like I'm not in the jungle 17 days. And oh, so good. So good. Wow, I bet so I bet there's a point when you came back into the real world, the civilized world, when, when you were dealing with some of those negative comments and the, the bright lights and all the naysayers and stuff like that. There had to have been a point where you went, take me back to the jungle, boy. I don't want to <laughs> deal with this. Oh, I... absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, these days I don't typically say that, but if there was like a safe way in and a safe way out, I would definitely go back. You know? um, <laughs> Have you been back? <laughs> yeah, I, I did go back in there. I went with a friend who wow. did a short hike in and we had like a little ceremony, like a releasing ceremony and just to clear the air around the experience. And mm. what that experience did for me directly. So we were going back into like facing your fears, right? What has healed me from the experience of, uh, I'm going to call it trauma of what I went through, Mm -hmm. was directly facing that fear that I built up in my mind around it. So I had fears that like the forest did this to me. You know, this is what the mind does is it takes a traumatic experience and it puts its own little spin on it. So it becomes this monstrosity that we live against. So I had these ideas of like, you know, in a way, like the forest like took me and it, you know, took my freedom and it. I was not guided the right way. And these are the things that the mind created. It was this dark, scary place. And when I went back with my friend, it was light. It was beautiful. It was quiet. You know, I had to feel God out there. And I was like, wow, that was just an illusory creation. So that's what I realized about my fears, specifically to this experience. Every time I face it, even though I feel this like nervous gut kind of reaction, like, are we really doing this? You know, and I stand with my feet in the ground. I'm like, yep, we're doing this. And I look at it head on. I realize that this fear was some monster that I created myself, but there's nothing actually to be afraid of, right? So it's that like push, that standing and facing it directly and that push of faith through the fear that completely dismantles or let's just say dissolves it. It's as if it disappears before your eyes because it was never real to begin with. Yeah. You Did you have that kind of fear after you were rescued? Yes. You did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because part of the healing process was I went into victim states around many different things with the wilderness experience from start to finish. So fears crept back in. It's as if I had this enlightening experience within a container. And then when I was brought back into the real world, it's like the fear re-entered. And then I had to work through the fear on every level once again. So it was like reliving it again. Okay, I'm not giving it power. Yeah, oh, very much so. 
And did you relive it differently when you came back to the real world? Were like the things that weren't fearful in the forest then become fearful? Like the things you wouldn't maybe have recognized, like getting eaten by a there were some wild right. boars out I mean, there like those me. things can be aggressive <laughs> right we can we can delete that right i'm just being real but i mean that was what i was yeah. thinking like that night i would think i don't want to be eaten by a boar i don't want to be yeah. attacked by one and here you laid there well, willingly you know and like no no fear so did that well, come back it's, it's hard to answer that because what i would say is that the fight or flight instinct that we have you know mm-hmm. as these i mean we're just basically very evolved animals right so the fight or flight instinct that I had didn't allow that to become any kind of reality because I know that fear attracts fear. It's the feeding force of it. Yes. So it's like, I'm not going to fear something and draw it to me, right? The only thing I'm magnetizing to me is the helicopter rescue, my family not giving up on me and so on. So I was, the whole time I was very clean about where my energy was going. What am I giving attention to as far as my thoughts? Because I knew that would grow. So it's hard to answer the question. I guess the answer would kind of be no as far as fear around the boars because I still wouldn't know how if I found myself back in that situation, God forbid, I would still, you know, ask for protection, you know, know that I'm safe. I'd ground them with the earth and the forest and be like, nope, I'm protected, right? That's the only option that's in my mind. And then I also know that they don't, boars don't want any part of me. You know, if I were to put up a fight, I might have a fighting chance. <laughs> so, yeah. In general, the yeah. fear that you speak about when you, like after coming back to the real world, that fear, did any of the things that were not uh, conducive to life force, helicopter, family, did anything else come into play that with that fear? Or was it all that the jungle, right? The jungle wanted you, you know, those thoughts that you had, the fear. Um, how did you mm, tackle that fear uh, after you came back? Right, right. So I, I wrote about it, right? So I've written my book and I'm, I'm looking to move it into the editing publishing stages at this point and about my experience. So writing was a very cathartic experience because really like the fear was like an underlying emotion of the trauma and whatever kind of emotion was suppressed within my body that I didn't get to deal with when I was out there because I was just fight or flight. Yeah, you're in survival so, mode. Like you didn't get to process the yeah. experience. And once, you, once you're once you safe, once you're back right. into civilization, you get to process it. It's, you know, like dealing with first responders and stuff yes. like that, law enforcement, all of a sudden they're in a gunfight and they don't really realize the gravity of it until... Right hours later, days later, and they go, oh my gosh, look what I went through, right? It's that, that, it's that, that trauma yeah. that now they get the chance to experience the fear because at the time, fear wouldn't be useful to them. And then you know? me and the boar, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> that boar. <laughs> Come here, I need some bacon. I'm going to get me some bacon. Have you ever been chased by a wild right, boar? Yeah. No. You know what I'm talking about because I've no. been chased by a wild boar. It's not fun. No, I have not. And I don't wish and to. I'm not a big runner, but I'm just saying I learned to run that day. <laughs> My husband got a good laugh. <laughs> well, what's fascinating is the fear still isn't there. It, there was unprocessed emotion yeah. around the experience, but the, the fear of this can happen, that can happen, this could have happened, like that's still not present at all. I'm not sure if it's going to come up at some point. I don't think so. I yeah, I would, I would think uh, it would have already yeah, if that I was the case. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of which, have you have you processed it with, with like a therapist, a counselor, anything like that? Have you done any of that type of, of work with the experience? <laughs> So I'm not the traditional patient, I will say that. And um, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm, I'm a doctor of physical therapy, yoga instructor, and a healer. And, and what actually, I did try EMDR therapy when I first came out of the wilderness really soon and 
I didn't like the way it was working. So I'm at being a healer, I'm always trying to get to the root of something to resolve some kind of issue with an individual that's holding them up or making them feel stuck in life without making a mess out of it. Right. So I'm very aware of some modalities that more or less make a mess out of it or dig things up and then leave it in an unresolved state. So what happened after the wilderness experience was many people came into my life. They came to me many of the times and said, Hey, I know what happened to you. Here's, you know, I had a woman give me amazing free Ayurvedic massages, right? Which totally took the shock out of my body on many levels. I had a wonderful yoga instructor and mentor of mine come into my life and give me Kriya practices from India, meditation and mantra. I had a shaman come in that she knew, she, she heard the call when I went missing. She came to Maui without knowing me to search for me. And when I came out of the wilderness, she was like, we connected like it had been lifetimes over that, you know, we'd forgotten about one another. And she's been a huge healing force in my life. So all the tools kind of made their way to me saying, this is how you heal, right? This is how you move past this. And anytime I find myself in a stuck place, somebody would come in, somebody would call me or say, I, I feel like I needed to reach out to you. Do you want to talk? And so that the healing process has really unfolded in such a beautiful and cool way. And now I'm using all of those modalities that work for me with my clients to help them heal. Those divine connections. Those divine I, connections. Yes. I was just divine thinking like yeah. God, God, will, God yes. will provide all of a sudden they'll search you out. I don't need to go search anybody. All of a sudden they're coming to me. The other thing that, that as you were saying this about how you're able to give back in your, in, you know, with what you've learned through this process and people coming to you was you speak about like when you were, 17 days, broken leg, day four. Hello, my goodness. 13 more days. By the way, um, Sean, I see 413 on your wrist. I'm just saying. I just see 143. I love you. I'm just saying numbers. Here they go. But you were 13 days still waiting, four days in, breaking your leg, and 13 days before you are rescued, right? And yet all of the things that you'd gone into your life at that point, like going through the, the physical therapy, right, training. God had prepared her. God prepared you for that. Yeah. I would never know to just go ice my, I thought you know, the same thing. That's I was like, wow. And then your friend. All that knowledge yes. had provided for an opportunity for her to use it. Like yes. it, she she knew what to do. It's that, like and, all that, that. And providing people, that beloved soul who yeah. was like telling her, like your friend who was, you know, unconditional love and, and the, and that, that pink sparkles, hello, <laughs> glitter. We love it. And that love that, you know, that all of the people and, um, that poured into you to get you through this time because God already knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And look at you now. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. I, made, well, I made that same connection. Yeah. It's yeah. And even when I was out there, I had that realization, you know, I think it was yeah. after I broke my leg, like this is such a bizarre thing. Oh, well I hadn't mentioned that I kept hearing <laughs> From, so it, was, it started the night of day, or I guess it was, yeah, it was kind of like when I woke up the morning of day two and I'm in the, the boar path and I'm in the mud and it's freezing cold and it's drizzling and it's coming to dawn. And I heard, this is not your punishment. This is your soul's journey. This is all happening for a reason, right? Whoa. So I kept hearing, this is not your punishment. This is your soul's journey. This is all happening for a reason. Anytime I would doubt and I'd start you know, almost looking at the sky with like a fist shake, like, why is this happening to me? You know, I hear, this is, this is not your punishment. <laughs> this is your soul's journey. So it was just that corrective action that I needed. And then day four, you know, I kept hearing that this is not your punishment. This is your soul's journey. It's all happening for a reason. Day five, I heard you're going to write a book. <laughs> and, and I was just like, I'm looking at the sky, like a book about what, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but like that's real comforting so, at that point. Well, you're gonna write a book. Well, can you just get me out first, and then we can talk about a book? Yeah. Can can exactly. or, or can we? Is this a bargain right now? If you can find me some food, God, like if you can provide that divine connection to some food right now, then then I'll talk about this book. But, all right. Well, yeah, it's funny. There was food around me, but I didn't want to eat because I knew. You know that when animals get hurt, they actually fast until their injury is healed so that all of their energy can go towards that injured side of their body. Yeah, so that you're not and processing so with then, digestion and all that kind of stuff. So Exactly. Yeah. So I wasn't eating even though I saw I saw food. I was like, no, now's not the time. But <laughs> but yeah, it was very much that place. I had that realization just as you described it of everything that I've experienced in life has been my learning so that I would be prepared for this experience. And I was just, I mean, it was just my, it was mind blowing, literally of interesting. I can't believe that all those little things that I was curious about and interested about and all the rabbit holes that I jumped down totally prepared me for right now. And every single thing that I had learned, every tool that I had developed, whether I knew it was cool or not prior to that became my lifeline. So how was your broken leg and how, mm-hmm. when they researched that and they did x-rays and the doctors examined you, they was it like a hairline off. fracture or was it like something more serious? Yeah. So it was a fracture through the top of the tibia where the ACL and the PCL mm-hmm. attach. It's called the intercondylar knot. So it's not a good place to have a fracture because if it, if it splits, then your whole knee has no ligamental stability or very little. And what was amazing is after walking in some fashion and a downward dog fashion on it for, thir- you know, let's say 11 days of it, it was completely in place. So um, it healed, it healed fairly quickly. I think my leg wounds took a little bit longer and, it's still readjusting because it's not just a physical thing with me at this point. You know, it's, it's multidimensional. <laughs> so it's still healing. I'm doing a lot of exercise, strength training for it. And I think I'll be back to running soon, hopefully. So. Oh, that's awesome. And when you start running, you got to yeah. look this up. Look for an orange mud <laughs> vest because they are so good to run with. They got a great pocket for a phone. And you snacks. got your water with you. You can carry some snacks with you. It's not a backpack. It fits you better than a backpack. But, you know, orange mud. I, I have like three of okay. them. Jen, Jen, Jen turned me on to them. So that's, you, you just can't go off okay. into the jungle without one of those. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down. I'll, I appreciate that. Yeah. As we uh, close out the show, you know, I always like to ask this question because anybody that's, uh, y- you've been number one, a phenomenal hope dealer for yes. us. You know, I call, call our friends that come on the podcast, hope dealers, and you've just been an incredible hope dealer for us. And so, you know, being that you lived through what you lived through and survived what you survived and has experienced what you experienced, um, I want you to speak into somebody else's reality right now. There's somebody that's going to be listening to this podcast that is dealing with their version of your story and it doesn't have to be the exact version but it's it's to them it's a flight or flight life or death you know type of wrestle or occurrence and um, I just am curious what you would say to that person that's listening that's dealing with their version of your kind of a story what wisdom advice perspective can you share Yeah, what's coming in as a response is when I was out there, the mantra that I used often was faith, hope, trust, love. Faith, hope, trust, love. And what it did, mantra basically overcomes the mind. So the mind goes into an automatic negative thinking response, right? When we're given detrimental circumstances in life, our mind goes there. It goes, 
What's going to happen to me? What if I don't have enough X, Y, Z? Money, housing, security, clothing, community, et cetera, right? So all of our essential needs. And that faith, hope, trust, love completely overwhelms any of the smaller, nagging, negative thoughts of the mind that weren't getting me to where I wanted to go. So it really put me in that centered place of this is the only option, right? And I was aware of the mind kind of spinning in a negative cycle. And I would look right at it instead of run from it. And I would say, faith, hope, trust, love, as if you are training the mind to operate in a different fashion and a different vibration. So it sounds etheric, right? It sounds like some some hokey thing, but it, it it's a life skill. It's you choosing and knowing that what we think becomes our reality. So how we train our mind is what becomes our reality in the physical. Oh, so I love that. I would stick I would stick with that. You know, mantra is huge. Whatever resonates with the person, whatever speaks to their heart, whatever they need to hear so that they could take a deep breath and feel inspired to wake up in the morning, you know, and just repeat those words to yourself until that becomes your reality, because that's the only way out, right? It's up. Thank you so much for, you know, your story and your vulnerability and your truth and your honesty and, and uh, it's just been an incredible, incredible interview. I, I am really appreciative of you deciding to, uh, mm-hmm. to come on our podcast and, and share your story. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's been inspiring to be here and allowing me to, to share the story. And if, if people want to reach out to me, you could reach me. My website is amandallerpt, as in physicaltherapy.com. And there's a contact form there. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under Amanda E. Eller. So, um, if anybody feels inspired or if they have any questions, um, please reach out. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I just, you got anything else, Sam? You good? I love Jesus. I'm grateful <laughs> to be here. I'm excited about your book. I'm excited for Jen to get food. And my sweet, dear friend, Jill, who had no idea she was going to be here today. Uh, I'm glad. She was Jill has today. been a, a quiet listener in the background. She's just been smiling and about every time you, you would say something, uh, you know, scary. She'd be shaking her head like in disbelief going, I cannot believe she made it through that. I'm just looking at her and she's just shaking her head going, oh my gosh. Jill would have survived. Jill, she yeah. has lived in a tent outside her house for I, a long time. And she would have, she would have. Without water. She I know. will survive. She, wow. she's, a, she's a survivor that way. And Out she of has, all of us, she's living. And she loves animals. So she would have yes. befriended the she's wild like, boars and she would have been having them as pets. And she's like she Snow White right here. She would have found she some bats. bats. She rescued rescues bats and so she would have found oh, some bets no bats doubt and in my mind she doesn't and have snakes mind. and all kinds of good and stuff. she doesn't have a mic so she can't join us right now did you want to say hi i'll, I'll share my mic with you <laughs> she's she would be she'd be she'd survive out of all of us she just would. saying she'd be like amazing <laughs> she's turning five shades of red right now yeah kind of maybe yes <laughs> Well, Amanda, I just, I got to say once again, thank you so much. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for your story. You've mm-hmm. been, you've just been awesome. You've, you've uplifted us. Oh. You've enlightened us. You've strengthened our faith. You've been a phenomenal hope dealer. And, uh, I just can't thank you enough. And I, I can't wait to see where all of this, uh, still takes you. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's still oh. a process and still a journey and, and still some discovery to be made through this whole experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I can't wait to see what God uh, does and how he uses you 
to glorify him yeah. and, um, you know, his kingdom. So I, I, I just feel a strong sense that that's what's happening, that, that he's on display through your story. I feel that. I sense that. Yes. That's yes. what came through to me, that he was on display today mm-hmm. through this discussion. Mm-hmm. See, Sam, before I even <laughs> uh-huh. began this podcast, said that this podcast was going to be a podcast where God was on display. And I yeah. really feel like oh. this story, your story, is is a really good example of that. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like the one that was able to survive it. Um, but it's, it's not really mine. You know, I think it's, it's our story. Well, thank you for our story today. Did you have a good experience? You have a good time today? Yes, it was amazing. Thank you so much. I, uh, yeah, I just feel very uplifted and Mm -hmm. expanded. And, um, so thank you both for hosting me and thanks for the humor and, (laughs) um, you know, and thank you, Sam, for, for the messages and thank you, Jill, for feeling your way through the experience. (laughs) (laughs) She's laughing in the background. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks so much guys. And just, um, you know, be in touch if anything comes up. Absolutely. All right, Jen, that was only our second ever two-part interview, and I just got to ask, what did you think of our discussion with Dr. Amanda Eller? I honestly don't, still don't know how she survived that. Like, I, it's just inspiring that, yeah. you know, like, wow. Well, here's the thing for me. I think the thing that for me was amazing is, yeah, I can understand how somebody could survive. Yeah. But breaking her leg on day four. Right. Not getting rescued until day 17. Not having food. I know. I knew that was going to be a big (laughs) deal for you. Strawberry guava. (laughs) I knew the food component was going to be a big deal. But here's the thing. I was so inspired by her deep faith connection like her connection to like just talking about her waking up in her voicemail and just the processing of how she would move through her day and Mm -hmm. just her confidence at all times that this was not going to be the end like I never felt like she felt like this was how she was going to go out per se yeah I mean she might have had moments of that but for like the for the whole journey the whole experience to to hear her talk about her faith Right. And how she trusted in that guidance and how she trusted in the fact that she was going to be rescued. And then to have her check in on her voicemail in the morning. And then the day that she felt like she was going to be rescued, she heard today is going to be the day. Yeah. She was just like on a extra long adventure. You know, it was a, it was a sojourn. It was an adventure. Mm-hmm. It was a spiritual mm-hmm. experience. Right. And uh, that really, really resonated. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't want all the drama, but imagine right. if you told all your family, I'm going to go do, I'm going to go do two weeks in the, in the wilderness by myself. It'd be like that. Huh? It would be like that. Yeah. But yeah. I think it would be a very transformative right. experience. You know, it just, it goes to show that no matter how many times you go out on a mountain or out on the trails that you really need to be prepared and not think the worst, but just be prepared. Like you, you know, should be having water, a cell phone and food. And that's what I kept thinking is like, I don't, you know, like I know that she was going for a quick little run Mm -hmm. and just thinking that mentally, but I always think the worst, I guess, when I'm out on the trails. Oh, yes, you do. Because, I mean, one, there's wild animals. I mean, we run with bears and there's mountain lions and stuff like that. So I'm always prepared that just in case something were to happen, like I don't ever think for myself that I'm going to go out for a quick run. You know, so I, yeah. I, I think that, um, 
for people who are trail runners and mountain climbers and stuff like that, it's just very important to take the the necessary safety measures with you, precautions. And I just have one question. What? When did we run with bears? Oh, there are, we always see When bears. have we run with bears? We have bears. not run with bears. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but there are bears. I, I just had this vision of us running in a bear. No. Hey, are we going to do an extra kilometer? Are we going to do an extra mile? What just are we Sasquatch. Do? <laughs> we have seen Sasquatch. And deer and, yeah. you know. No, I know. So, so for everyone's benefit, mom is the, or mom, Jenna is the <laughs> traditional mom. Like she, she worries about all of the things that have the slightest remotest right. chance of ever happening. Yes. All the stuff I don't worry about. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like if we're out with our kids, I've got the food, I've got the water, I've got the cell phones, I've got the band-aids, I've got the oils, I've got... You know, the yeah, weapons. That's why, that's why we'll never run with bears because all that stuff is making so much noise in your pack as oh, you're I running. Oh, I have bear balls too. What? Yeah, they shake so the bears stay away. What are bear balls? Um, you know what my bear balls are. I don't remember. They jingle. Oh, the things you put on your <laughs> shoes. Yeah, they jingle. So they're called you bear balls. You lost me for a they're moment. They're called bear bells. But well, anyways, they're, yeah. they're balls. You confused me. But when you run with them, like the bears, they let them know that, hey, there's people out here and they tend to wander off. Well, so I think the bears know that enough with how much stuff we take with us when we're out on the trails. Oh yeah. And we've got, you know, the God music playing. And <laughs> this is true. <laughs> we make a lot of noise out there. That's we for do. Sure. But, uh, you know, thank you so much, Amanda. I mean, I just, I, I felt very moved yeah. by the story. Yes. And you know, what was shocking to me really about the whole thing, the biggest negative was just all the, all the naysayers, all the people oh that gosh. were venomous, you yeah. know, and everything like just the I whole social have, media I, and attacking her and yeah. all that. I, I just, I didn't expect that at all i didn't either i would like, i would have thought that there was nothing like i would have thought oh thank god you're alive yeah. you know praise god you know all this like people come out and are just venomous yeah that, that was surprising to me that was actually very surprising. that hurt my feelers for her yeah like, you know like that would make you want to go back and just go hey i don't want to be part of this you know yeah situation any longer right. but uh you know her courage mm-hmm. thank you so much amanda for your courage for your story for your uh, vulnerability yeah. and sharing, thank you for your time and your message. You know, we we just uh, we just can't can't imagine having mm-hmm. been through that, but feel uh, very in awe yeah. of how it affected you yeah. and how it changed you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're inspired by the journey. So, Definitely. you know, just thank her for uh, coming on the show. Yep. All right, so if people want to hear more of us and connect with us, we're on all of the platforms. So SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, people can actually send us a message and connect with us. Maybe they got a story of hope to share, yeah. and they can do so on our social media. Yeah, on Facebook or Instagram at Hope Radio Podcast. And for the very first time, you can check us out on the World Wide Web. We are online, our own website, HopeRadioPodcast.com. Go there, check us out, send us a message, say hi. We would love that. That would be awesome. All right, we'll see you tomorrow as we do another show of hope. We're going to keep the hope train and moving on down the tracks, Jen. Choo-choo!